Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, my partner in crime, Mike McShane. Mike, what's going on, bud? How are we doing today, Jonathan? Living, man. Yep. Living it up. You're living it up. I'm living it up today. It's Monday, man. I know. I'm wow. happy. Wow, that's... I'm happy. So I'm not like those other work people. I'm happy, man. We're getting to do radio on Monday. Yeah, you're right. You're I'm right. happy. I know you're not too happy with Friday mornings, but I'm happy with Mondays, Mike. Uh, you're, I'm not happy with any mornings, trust me. <laughs> That's what you get for staying up till 4 in the morning every day. Uh, I, I hear you, I hear you. Uh, you know, my, my reputation for mornings is legendary. Oh, mornings love you, man. What can I say? Not me. Not me. They do, man. They love you, man. When the sun shines on your face, you love it. Lots of sports stuff that happens. Yeah, that's why I really like Mondays. I, I like Mondays it, because you have the whole weekend to come back from to talk about all the goofy-ass stuff that happened. Well, you know, we usually do our dumbass Mondays here. We've a dumbass Monday story coming in today. We, we do have a dumbass story or two today, uh, but there's so many things that happen over the weekend, especially this morning uh, with a lot of stories coming out that uh, it's going to be more of a, uh, uh, you know, a gun and run show. I hit and run, yeah. Hit and, we're saying, yep. Yeah. I mean, we got we got to do it. That's it. Yep. Uh, so, but you know what? As always, before we get to the program and all the uh, great stories, I want to throw out the number here. It's three four seven two three seven five three seven three. If you want to call in with any of your questions or comments for Mike or myself, um, please do it. We love listeners uh, calling in. Or maybe you've got yourself your own hit and run story you want to bring to us. Or you want to tell us if you know any dumbasses this Monday. Yeah, I'm sure we do. It's Monday. Yeah, there's a lot of dumbasses out there on Mondays. Yep. All right, Mike. Today in sports. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to a dumbass. I'm gonna take it to a dumbass, and we're not we're not even gonna go back that far. We're only <laughs> gonna go back ten years to everybody's favorite dumbass, and that was Sammy Sosa of the Chicago Cubs. He broke a bat when he got grounded out against the Tampa Bay Double Rays. Yeah. Upon further inspection, immediately by the umpiring crew, it was determined the bat was corked. You remember that, don't you? I do remember that. Yep. You know me. I followed that stuff very, very closely. That so. was funny. Fun. Uh, it was. It was funny. It was sublime. It was dumbass. That. And he's always going to be a dumbass. Yep. It's the way it works. But enough with that dumbass. Let's get into a little bit of playoff hockey, Mike. And uh, we had uh, a couple of games this weekend, actually. Um, actually, three games we had. Yes. Saturday, uh, two games opened up. The Blackhawks defeated the Kings two to one, and the Bruins blanked the Penguins, Mike, three to zero. Yep. As I said, the physicality of the Boston Bruins showed in Game One, and I expect it to show in Game Two, and that's uh, going to be tonight. Yeah, tonight. I, I was. Uh, there were a couple of things I was surprised at. I was surprised that the uh, Blackhawks series played back to back. Yes. Uh, I wasn't expecting that last evening. Uh, in fact, I was a little bit slow on the uptake. And, and uh, didn't even realize the game was on until about the second period and finally got it on. But uh, uh, because I kind of assumed 
that they were going to go with the game on game off situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess I, I don't know what the thinking was on that. I don't know if they're trying to accelerate uh, this series because, of course, it is going later than any other um, playoff rounds have ever gone because of the shortened season. Yeah. Or if the idea was, well, let's just, you know, let's work the schedule so that we actually have one game being played throughout because obviously now they're on the off schedule where the Kings played last night. Now the Kings and Blackhawks will be off tonight and Pittsburgh and uh, Boston will pick up. So now they'll be going probably pretty straight through now where there being at least one game in the evening. I'm not yes. sure what thinking was. Yeah, it is going to be one game in the evening. I don't, I don't know why they set it up that way, but – I mean, ultimately, in the end, it's uh, good for hockey fans. Not no, not necessarily so good for the Los Angeles Kings, though, who oh, lost yesterday 4-2. to two. Yep. Um, Jonathan Quick only made 13 saves, led in four goals, and it was replaced by uh, Jonathan Bernier. Yep. Wow. Um, I didn't see it going this way this quick, Mike. I didn't either. Um, you know, but that, that's that series, Jonathan, that you and I were talking about before where you just don't know what you're going to get because, no. I mean, you're talking about the Kings. Yeah. Uh, now, over, exactly. on, over on the other side, uh, as you pointed out, I was surprised to see Boston take that first game. I wasn't, but I didn't think they would blink them either. So right, right. Um, I, I I thought you know the Penguins had put up a little bit more of a fight, especially in Pittsburgh. The game was in right. It was. It was yeah. in Pittsburgh. And it's back in Pittsburgh again tonight, eight o'clock on NBC Sports Network. Uh, Bruins leading the series one two nothing, and uh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and I was just trying to check here to see what the line was on that game. And, of course, the website's not behaving for me. Yeah, I don't have it with me right now, so. I've got the line on the the, uh, Heat game, but I – yeah, the (laughs) website's down that – Bavada's down that I normally use. Okay. Well, we'll find out tonight what's going to go on here with the Bruins. But, you know what, I have to tell you, Mike, if the Bruins sweep the Penguins or even win in five games, you would have to think the Bruins would be the favorite to win the Cup. Well, yeah, but wait a minute. Don't don't discount the Blackhawks that quick. Because if the rate things are going right now, I mean, it's not impossible the Blackhawks could sweep the Kings. That's a possibility, but the Blackhawks play the same almost style of hockey the Penguins do, and that's a uh, up-tempo, goal-scoring type of hockey. I tell you, man, the Bruins, you know, physical nature, man, I, I think that's what's really going to propel them into the Cup Finals if it happens. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody can uh, hold on to it, but... Let's go into the NBA Plus. We did have only one game because the San Antonio Spurs are uh, sitting and resting and uh, sipping some wine, man. Yep, they're just waiting. They're just waiting. For a while now, and that was a 91-77 to Game 6 win by the Indiana Pacers, Mike. Um, Wow, Pacers forcing a Game 7 against the supposed mighty Miami Heat. Yeah, yep. Well, and there's been a lot of chat uh, in the past two days, you know, well, what if, what if uh, the Pacers win this? What happens to Miami? Uh, Miami right now is a favorite by seven points. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, I don't know if I would want, I don't know if I even want to pick this game. No, I wouldn't. Listen, if you go back to game six, LeBron James, of course, being himself, scoring 29 points of 10 of 21 shooting. But then you got Mario Chalmers with 10 points. Dwayne Wade shooting 3 of 11 with 10 points. Ray Allen off the bench with only 9 points. And then Chris Bosh, once again, invisible, 1 of 8, only 5 points in the game. Right, right. Udonis Haslam, they continue to start him at power forward, but 0 points. Richard Lewis, who I didn't even – 
I totally forgot was even on the Miami Heat, uh, coming in at power forward a little bit there, only playing one minute. Just uh, I I gotta tell you, I I I'm, I shake my head. Yep. Uh, in some respects, I think you have to kind of give a little bit of the momentum edge to San Antonio because they uh, to uh, Indiana rather because they 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 fought to come back and, and tie that series up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, did anybody think that the Indiana Pacers would be in the NBA Eastern Conference Finals? Number one, and number two, did anybody think that the Indiana Pacers would force the Miami Heat into a Game Seven? And then it goes back to my previous comments before this series, Mike. Is wow, I would have loved to have seen what the Indiana Pacers could do in this playoffs with a healthy with a healthy Danny Granger. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, you know, I've heard some analysts say that they believe that Indiana really is a team of the future. Yeah. That they may not they may not succeed this evening against uh, Miami and might get eliminated from this year's playoffs. But look for this team to be back right back at it again next year and expect them to be at the top. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, what we'll the, see, other question, uh, the other question becomes one of, if, in fact, Miami loses, there's been a lot of analysts who have indicated, well, that team is about ready to implode. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you right away, Bosch looks terrible. Right. Dwayne Wade doesn't look any better. You would have to think that the whole uh, big three down there in Miami, if something happens here, is going to implode. But at the same time, you know what, man? you got to uh, throw some heat towards Pat Riley's way because if you look at this bench, they really don't have a good bench. I'm sorry. You know what? you got Richard Lewis. you got Mike Miller. you got Juwan Howard. you got Chris Anderson. you got Shane Batty. you got Ray Allen. you got all these big names. But these are names that, you know, aren't legit NBA All-Stars anymore, mm. you know? So it's up to them to uh, build around this team. They've only focused on the top three and their starting lineup, and that's it. Because if you look at the starting lineup, they didn't even do it with that. Because I'm sorry, but Udonis Haslam is not a starter in this NBA. Yeah, it hasn't right. been for a while. So we'll see what happens there tonight, Game 7 on TNT, uh, 8.30. It's going to be a really, really good matchup. Uh, everybody, seriously, watch it. It's going to be a good one, Game 7. Uh, um I'm gonna put your I'm gonna put your feet to the fire nonetheless though. Sure. Um what's your gut? Who 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 wins this? My gut is well, my heart is wants to see the Pacers win this because yeah. that would be great. But my gut is telling me that uh LeBron James is gonna try to take this game over and uh I think he's averaging about thirty five plus points uh in game sevens. So, um yeah, it, it's it's gonna have to be up to him to uh step up and take some of the heat off of uh Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh's miserable games, and they're going to have to get something from their bench. I'm right with you exactly with your sentiment. Uh, my heart, you know, obviously going with the Pacers. My head telling me, ah, the heat. Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, I think if I were betting on this, <coughs> I think I would um, I think I think would take Indiana because I don't think it's going to be a seven or eight point uh, difference. No, no. That's not. I think it's going to be a decent, you know, it's going to be a close game. It's right. got to be. It's a game seven in Eastern Conference Finals. It's always a close game. Right. Yeah. It's going to be a close game. Uh, we'll definitely see what happens, though. All right, Mike, let's get into a little bit of updates here real quick before we get into some bigger stories. Uh, I have to throw this out here. One of my all-time favorite, favorite NBA players, a guy full of class, Grant Hill, uh, retiring before game six on uh, NBA and TNT, announced it saying he's glad to say that he is done. Um, 19 seasons in the NBA, Mike. This is a guy who came out and was supposed to be the next Michael Jordan, 
And early on in his career in Detroit was showing that uh, he could be one of those types of players that were real special with his all-around game and his and his high-flying game as well. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, those devastating knee injuries that he suffered um, really just grounded his game completely where, you know, he was in there, you know, averaging 25-plus points a game. And then all of a sudden, he comes back as a role player uh, in Orlando, and he's only uh, averaging about 14 points per game. Right. So here's a guy who is just full of class, retiring from a game that he probably should have been out of years ago, but yet still forced his way back, worked his way back, and became probably one of the best uh, role players in the league um, with his tail end of his Orlando and the beginning of his Phoenix Suns career. So uh, hats off to Grant Hill. Congratulations on your retirement. 19 seasons in the NBA, Mike. I couldn't tell, you know, the word you use there, Jonathan, is absolutely appropriate, and that's class. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know, I think that's why I liked Grant Hill so much as a as a player. Um, you know, we've talked about the NBA numerous times and, you know, the prima donnas that, that come out of it. This guy really could have been, if he wanted to be, one of them, but he never was. Um, and when you look at his bottom line uh, numbers, I've got his stats up in front of me. I'll quick pull those up to take a look at them. Really, really impressive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, really, uh, I can't speak. I can't speak highly enough for the guy. Yeah, we got somebody in the chat room saying he was done three years ago. I guess uh, the person in our chat room really doesn't read stats. So, well, look, he, the, the Clippers <laughs> brought the Clippers brought him in to be, as you just pointed out, a role, player. A ro- a role player, exactly. A better leader. So you can't you can't take a look at Grant Hill from what his productivity was this past season with the Clippers. I don't even think you can do it from uh, uh, the women. No, that is a full season from last year, right? He played a full season last year. No, he only played in 50 games last year. But that was a shortened season, was it not? Uh, Yeah, it was actually. So he averaged 10-plus points per game last season. Season before that, 80 games, 13 points. Season before that, 12 points. Season before that, 12 points. Season before that, 13-plus points. So to say he's done, read stats. Stop throwing that hogwash. Mookie Blaylock, Mike, um, as we spoke about Saturday morning on your five minutes of the Friday, I was here on Fan Junkies Radio, uh, f- you know, former NBA uh, point guard, went to the All-Star game, was, you know, known for stealing, known for his quickness, uh, was in a very terrible car accident, was supposedly on life support. His condition was upgraded to serious from critical. Um, today, we have to update that uh, he was charged with driving on a suspended license and failing to stay in his lane in a head-on crash that unfortunately killed one of his passengers. Uh, Mookie Blaylock is still in the hospital, of course. He's in ba- he's still in bad condition, Mike. Um, he is awake, though. He's very groggy, and uh, I guess the uh, Jonesboro Police Department wants to uh, speak to him about it to find out if there's going to be even further charges to see why he crossed over um, in a lane. But as we no, we talked about on Saturday that he was being treated recently for seizures, so there is a possibility that right. could have yeah, had a seizure. I, I was just going to say, I mean, you had you had uh, brought that one up on uh, on Fred House Saturday, Jonathan, that uh, there was not uh, you know, obviously it's not evidence, but there had been, uh, I guess, some um, thinking that it might have been a situation where he had a seizure and crossed over that way. Possibility. Uh, you can't certainly you can't blame the guy. You can't. I mean, that's not a chargeable offense. To have a seizure and cross over into another lane. Not, but because he was driving on a suspended license. And, of course, they're throwing at the thing for failing to stay in his lane. I mean, that's just, you know, typical police work there that they're going to charge you for that. But now they're going to speak you know, speak to him about it and see, uh, well, did you have a seizure? Uh, 
you know, was he drunk? I mean, who knows? You know, it's it's a, you know anything's a possibility now. At the same time, uh, you know, us here I just want to throw out you know our, our condolences to uh, the family of the poor woman that died in the uh, yep. other vehicle. And uh, you know, even the Mookie himself, you know, seriously get better. And uh, you know, hopefully it was just a seizure that happened. But at the same time, was driving on a suspended license. But I gotta say, Mike, probably. Fifty percent of this country drives on a suspended license or no license at all with the way people drive these days. So, ouch, ouch, that's a broad statement. Um, the uh, I'm just wondering uh, if if he had a history of seizure disorders, mm-hmm. uh, was the license suspended as a result of that? Because that's also a possible. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, people that deal with that and unfortunately suffer from that a lot of times it will affect it will affect their eligibility to get behind the wheel of a car and be able to drive a motor vehicle. So. Uh, it's possible that that was the case. In which case, then, then he's now, now, now it is a negligent situation. Oh yeah, because absolutely. Uh, if in fact the license was suspended as a result of that, and of course he has another episode, well, then you're going to be held liable. Absolutely. Also, another little NBA tidbit: Brian Shaw, former uh, point guard in the NBA, is the front runner for the Brooklyn Nets job, Mike. And I think that's a brilliant move by the Nets if they hire Brian Shaw. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. This is a guy that should have coached in this league for a while now. And should have gotten the Lakers job. Still throwing it out there. Absolutely. Mike, Jim Kelly. Um, some terrible news about Jim Kelly. Why don't you throw that out for everybody? Former uh, former uh, quarterback for the uh, Buffalo uh, Bills. Uh, apparently has been diagnosed with uh, cancer. Yes. Uh, of the upper jawbone. Um. What a wow! What a I don't even know where to go with this one, uh, John. That I don't have his age, um, you know, because apparently there was only a very short statement that is currently up on the official uh, Buffalo uh, Bills. I guess it's the official Buffalo. Bills. Yeah, it, it is from Jim Kelly, the statement. Okay, um, and it was just according to this, it was only posted about two hours ago. Um, Past couple of weeks have been difficult for me, he reads, and because of the nature of social media, I thought it would be best to share with everyone what has been going on with my health. I was recently diagnosed with, oh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this, but a, a form of carcinoma of the upper jawbone. Uh, I have undergone tests which have shown the cancer is isolated to my upper jaw and is not spread to other parts of the body. Surgery is scheduled for June 7th. Mm-hmm. Doctors have told me that the prognosis for my recovery is very good. What a sad, sad situation, as you pointed out, Jonathan, coming off of uh, the fact that if, uh, he lost a, a son back in 2005 to a rare disease. Yes, yeah, the, uh, uh, his son, uh, Hunter, died from uh, crab disease. Right, yeah. um, and, and that, I believe, is a genetically passed along disease as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, it, wow, uh, I, I, for one, love Jim Kelly. Absolutely. Um, you know, I thought, I thought he, his, his career was just a great story uh, coming into the NFL as late as he did, uh, playing those years up there in the Canadian League, and then going on and doing what he did uh, with Buffalo uh, so many times. Just a, a terrific, terrific story. He is a Hall of Famer, too, I believe. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He is a Hall of Famer. Uh, do, I'm sorry. Do we get an age on him? Yes, I, he's uh, 53 years old. Wow. Oh, boy, he's right there at my age. Yep. Always loved uh, Jim Kelly. Uh, I thought he was a phenomenal quarterback. Unfortunately, uh, just couldn't win a Super Bowl, Mike. Yeah, I know. 
And uh, that's one guy I would have loved to have seen win a Super Bowl. Uh, classy guy. Uh, every, everything he did for his son, Hunter, and uh, even after his uh, hun- his son, Hunter, unfortunately passed away back in 2005 by opening uh, Hunter's Hope, which was a uh, charity to help uh, people with crab disease. And, uh, you know, now to see Jim Kelly uh, be diagnosed with uh, the squamocell carcinoma that he has. Uh, which is, as you said, uh, cancer of the upper jawbone. It's uh, it's sad, you know. But you know, luckily uh, for him and uh, you know for his fans, doctor said the recovery is uh, very good. So yeah, let's uh, just you know keep our keep our fingers crossed on that one, and uh, you know thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the Kelly family. I mean, absolutely that uh, that disease that his son had, if I'm not mistaken, Jonathan, that is one that for the most part affects children. Yes. Uh, where they're not expected to live, I think, much past uh, the age of about 10. Yeah, and he only, you know, he didn't even reach 10. Eight, eight years old, you know, I remember uh, some commercials that Jim Kelly did with his son Hunter and everything. Yep, so, yep. Uh, it, it was very sad when he passed away. So for uh, Buffalo Bills fans, uh, you know, for everybody in the league, NFL fans, if you pray, keep Jim Kelly in your prayers. He needs it. I just got some information up that I had pulled up here pre-show. <coughs> Excuse me, interesting little um Kind of trivia, I suppose, about Hunter Kelly and his and his dad. Uh, they both shared the same birthday, which was Valentine's Day. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh boy, I tell you, I tell you, sad, sad. Uh, let's go into another uh, sad story. Sad story, and uh, you sad know, story, could... and one that's going to make you just. Uh, I hope it makes everybody as angry as hell as it does me. Yeah, and you know what? This is something that we've spoken about this in the past, Mike. Yep, yep. And um, it's it's something it's 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 sickening that this has to happen to people who go to a sporting event to just enjoy themselves and see their team, especially when the team is a visiting team. Um, it's it's even sadder. But uh, there's a lifelong Yankees fan from Hagerstown, Maryland, and his name is Matthew Fortes, 25 years old. Yep. Um, he was at Camden Yards watching a game. He was heckled by two Orioles fans for uh, possibly about an hour. They're reporting, um, and a- after I guess all the heckling, one of them threw a beer in his face, and the other one punched him in the head, sending him over the railing where he crashed down to the bottom. And uh, you know he went unconscious. He had a severe head trauma, a skull fracture, a lot of blood coming out. And then an off-duty trooper that was nearby, uh, Nathan Steelman, who was watching the game. Uh, I believe he was an Orioles fan, but from the area, he ran over to help right away. He saw that the person was not breathing and uh, was bleeding really badly from his health, and uh, he said his instinct just kicked in. So he tried to revive the guy, and as he's reviving the guy, he realizes that the guy who he's reviving happens to be um, a childhood friend. Childhood friend, right. A childhood friend that he hasn't seen for many, many years. Um, Disgusting part of the story is that the two people that did it, Greg Fleischman and Michael Bell, two disgusting goons, uh, 22 and 21 years old, that should be thrown away, uh, in a trash, they were charged in the attack, but they were released, Mike, on fifty thousand dollars bond. Fifty thousand. Listen to that one. Yep. That is a disgrace. They damn near killed this guy, and they are released on fifty thousand. Now, I'm not, look, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be released, but we have seen uh, crimes committed that were far less than this, Jonathan. All right, we're talking about, in many respects, this is almost attempted murder. Okay. We have seen crimes that are far less than this that get a much higher uh, bond amount or a bail amount than this. Yes. I cannot believe that these guys are are released on only $50,000. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you mentioned 
the reason for he being heckled was the fact he was wearing a Yankees hat. Yeah, wearing a Yankee hat. Which is his favorite team, but the guy apparently is from the Baltimore region. He's from Mar- Maryland. He's from Hagerstown. Yeah, and he's been but a he's, Yankees fan since he was a kid. Exactly, but he's yeah. a Yankees fan. So he goes into the to, to Camden Yards, and he's there, and, uh, you know, uh, as you pointed out, proceeds to get heckled for an hour. Yeah. Uh, just a disgraceful – and, you know, we've talked about fan behavior in the past and, and just how despicable it is. And, of course, right, you know, I'm I'm from the Philadelphia region, and, you know, I, I, our fans are always getting it, getting uh, uh, maligned yes. uh, for our bad behavior. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, we see it everywhere. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, and, and, we and, see a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily have to escalate to what happened to uh, Matthew Fortes, thankfully. Uh, but it's still disgusting behavior. And you know, like somebody said, uh, I believe it was John Lear from Sports Blog Radio says, you know, it's 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 just ridiculous, and people take sports. Way too seriously, and I've seen it on an everyday basis, Mike, where uh, my New York Rangers uh, cannot play a good game, and I'd see Rangers fans sending out tweets saying, oh, I hope they die in their bus on, on the way home from the game. Like, seriously? Yeah. Seriously, come on. If if you got to take it that seriously, and I, and I love sports, Mike. I live and breathe sports. But if you take it to that point and that seriously, your life is just pathetic. I'm sorry. It is. And for these two guys to do this stuff just because another fan was trying to enjoy a game that was a fan of the visiting team, these guys are just beyond pathetic. Well, and you're absolutely right. Make no mistake. I mean, look, Jonathan, we, we've been on the radio now since August. Uh, you know, you're, I, I dare anybody, you're going to be hard-pressed to find two bigger sports fans than Jonathan and myself. Nope. And the fact of the matter is we sit here and we talk it, and we get passionate about our teams, but we both have many, many times walked away from things and said, hey, you know what? It is what it is. Our teams are either good or they're bad. Yeah. And, and when they don't play well, we're going to say, hey, they don't deserve it or they don't deserve to be there. But we don't – No, nobody's talking about, you know, going after somebody else's fans or, as you point out, uh, screaming about our team to the extent that we want any of them, you know, gone. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a disgrace. Yeah. And you're right. If if there's if if there are people that feel compelled that that's what they have to do, yeah. or that they have to put out tweets like that, then there's not something wrong with the team. There's something wrong with you. Yep, I agree. I agree. Uh, personally, I think there's something wrong with the judge to let these two, as you pointed out, scumbags out on fifty thousand dollars bail. Yeah. Here's another thing, too. Scott uh, Scott Blooney from uh, Sports Blogger Radio that's uh, here every Thursday on Fan Junkies Radio just sent me a link. Uh, right after Matt Cook was thrown out of the game the other night, a uh, fan, Jordan Kurich, uh put up on Twitter, he said, the NFL is effing rigged. Matt Cook made a clean hit, which it wasn't. The guy should be suspended for life. I mean, just a dirty-ass player. And then right after he wrote, I hope your city gets bombed again, Boston. What in the world is the matter with people? I, I don't know. The people in this, I just don't know. If you take sports to that level, you're just pathetic. I'm Absolutely. sorry. To wish death and harm on people in a sport is just, it's its non-human. You know, I could go off and say a lot of other things of what it is, Mike, and what I think of it, but I can't because uh, we're a family-friendly show here. Yeah, we want to try to keep it clean. No, exactly. And uh, it's just, it's disgusting. Disgusting what happens, especially what happened to that guy at Dodger Stadium. You know, the guy that got beat down and was in a yeah. coma 
or I mean, come on. I do not understand people. I really don't. I I, I don't understand why. You know, like I said, you're in Philly when that Rangers fan got beat up in front of uh, Geno Stakes. Yep. Yep. You know, what's the sense of that, man? This guy wasn't bothering you. He came to Philly, and guess what? He put money into your arena and into your local businesses by coming here. And you're yep. going to beat him up for it. Why? Because he's wearing a Rangers jersey. Come on, man. Uh, I, you know, I, especially a guy, the guy who he got beat up. He was a freaking – he was from the Army, man. This guy just fought for your freedom, and you're going to go beat him up for it. You know? Scott like – like I said, I mean, you know, you're not going to find two bigger sports fans than you and I. No. Um, and yet, the, the, it, it, you and I would never, ever, ever consider expressing ourselves about any one of our teams in this particular manner. Never. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the, I, you know, I hate to paint with a broad brush because I, I want to say, I, I do want to say it was just a couple of weeks ago. I was up to uh, uh, City Field yeah. uh, for a Mets game, and it was a Mets and a Phils game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and make no mistake, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, I was a little bit nervous about rocking the uh, Phil's gear. I was a little bit nervous about doing that. I didn't know what kind of reaction I would have. But I did nonetheless, and i got to tell you something. The response from the, from the majority, in fact, I don't think I had anything negative. I didn't have any single person say anything negative to me. I, in fact, the response that I had expressed toward me from New York fans was nothing but positive. Yeah. So I hate to paint with a broad brush. Yeah. I really believe that... Yeah. I really believe that the fans that are like these two scumbags that are out there, and unfortunately we know far too many of them, or at least have heard about far too many of them, they are the minority, but they're the ones that make the news. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Mike, absolutely. I, so, you know, it's there because I've been to many games myself, and unfortunately I've been to a few uh, you know, Mets games here up in Philly, and uh, I stopped going because uh, – you know, it, it, you know, just the uh, it, listen. You don't want to go to a game and feel like just by going to the game and having a good time, and 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 I hate to put it, but you're putting, you know, you don't want to feel like you're putting your life on the line just to go to enjoy your team. Well, and if that's the case, if that's the kind of thing that you had experienced, yeah, which, which is why I don't go anymore. Yeah. I apologize for my fan base because no, I, and, you know, and it's not only because I've met so many great, and, and I hate it when it's the Rangers versus Flyers, the Mets versus Phillies. And I hate when people say, oh, Philadelphia fans are scumbags. I've known so many Philadelphia sports fans that are so classy, that are so knowledgeable on sports, that aren't haters against other people's teams. And these people, unfortunately, get the bad rap because of very few morons. Correct. And I hate it. And the people who think that way and can't think outside of the box, they are morons as well. Also, I'm sorry. Right. You know, it's just... I'm tired of it, Mike. Uh, I'm tired of the of these fans that really take it to another level. But let's get to a real quick phone call here. Uh, Nine seven eight area code. You're on the air. Uh, hey guys, it's Scott. Hey Scott, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Scott. Not much. Uh, I was just on Twitter and I'm seeing right now that Jason Kidd has re- decided to retire. I know you guys are ranting about how crazy sports fans are, but uh, oh, I was thank wondering God. if I get your thoughts. Thank God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank God I did not want Jason Kidd on here. Did not want Jason Kidd back on the next. I think, though, Jonathan, now back up, okay? I, I hear what you're saying. And, it, you know, uh, Scott, I'll, I'll throw my two cents in for a second. I, I, it, was probably right. overdue, it was probably overdue for Jason Kidd to, to, to retire. But I think in some respects, Jonathan, we just got done praising 
Grant Hill, I think a little bit of pay attention. No, 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 no. Jason Kidd was a great, great. I'm, I'm happy because I didn't want him on my Knicks next year. I didn't. No, I understand I exactly what you're saying. Right. Did not want the Knicks to be stuck because they need money right now. The Knicks, they got to go out and get players that are going to help next year, and it's got to be players that aren't 50 years old. Right. That's it. But Jason Kidd, one of the best point guards I have ever seen play the game. Yes. Um, I've spoken to Jason Kidd quite a few times. He's been nothing but nice to me. And uh, you know, honestly, congratulations to Jason Kidd on a on an amazing NBA career, and um, you know, good luck. I mean, you know, th- you know, this is another guy. Just like Grant Hill, we'll possibly see Jason Kidd on an NBA bench one day as a coach. Mm-hmm. Great knowledge. Do you think coach? Jason Kidd? Oh, yeah. oh, I think he would be. Yeah, absolutely. I think point guards make very, very good coaches these days, Scott. So uh, poor player, yeah. So yeah, I think what Jason Kidd needs to do if he does want to get back, because I don't think Jason Kidd's going to be a broadcaster. I'm sorry, you know. Well, let me let me throw this question into the mix for a moment, okay? Uh, Grant Hill, go. Let's go back to Grant Hill for a moment. I meant to bring it up when we were first talking about him. Yes. Jonathan Hall of Famer. Grant Hill. Oh, first first ballot Hall of Famer, I think. Yeah. Right. I, I, I would say so. As, I would say so too. All right, Jason Kidd. Yeah, Jason Kidd's going to make it. Absolutely. I don't think he'll be first ballot, Jason Kidd, but I think he'll, he will get in. All right. Well, I just want to give you guys an update. Uh, keep up the good work on the show. I'll keep on listening. All right. Thanks, Scott. Scott. All right. See you guys. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. I like that when uh, people call in with breaking news. That's right. Yeah, I didn't have my uh, Twitter up there, but, you know, listen, man. Uh, you know, Jason Kidd, uh, over 1,300 NBA games, Mike. Right, right. He's been playing since 1994, with, you know, when he was drafted by the Dallas Mavericks. Um, you know, he, he, listen, he played real good in the beginning of the season for the Knicks, but when Ray Felton went down, he had to slide into that starting role. And I think that's what really just exhausted him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I got to give him props for coming in at, at his age and playing really good basketball for the Knicks and helping him uh, win a bunch of games. But at the same time, I do not want to see my Knicks locked into that contract for next year. And by him retiring, um, you know, that helps out. So uh, I agree with you. I agree with you one hundred percent. I think it's. I think it was the right time. In fact, it was probably a couple of seasons overdue. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, crazy. Grand Hill and Jason Kidd, no longer in the NBA. I mean, you know, they've been around for so many years. I mean, did you ever think you'd see it? You know, it's it's crazy. I never thought I would have seen both of them playing as long as they did. No. No. Well, Jason Kidd, yeah, but Grand Hill, after all of his, uh, you know, terrible knee injuries and all the surgeries he went under, uh, you know, for his, uh, you know, knee conditions, I, I did not think that we would have saw Grant Hill play 19 NBA seasons, Mike. Mm-hmm. Never. Never once. You know? I mean, all the tendons in his left knee and everything and all the surgeries he went under, it's it's just crazy. So. Yep. But congratulations to both Grant Hill and Jason Kidd, on your retirements, uh, best of luck in your future endeavors. All right, Mike. Back to this, though. I'm tired of fans. So am I. I'm tired of these fans. Not all fans. I, I love you, classy, knowledgeable, down-to-earth, respect everybody else sports fans. You guys are great. But it's deep. And, and while you're saying that, let me give, let me, again, I, I, I tip my hat to uh, the fans up at City Field. For at least for at least that particular day that I was there, and anyone up there that I encountered, thank you very much. I appreciate the fact you made me feel so welcome there. Yeah. Well, you know, and I would return. I would return the favor at Citizens Bank Park without any without any thought. Yeah, I didn't have problems going to Flyers games, Mike, but I did have problems going to the Phillies games. You know, and it's that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah, you know, and and I, I, you know, that's why there's a lot of people that don't want to go to games anymore, Mike, because they don't want to spend their hard-earned money. 
to go sit in the stadium and then to just be uh, ridiculed by other people and possibly, you know, putting uh, themselves in danger. So I, I, I don't, you know, I don't blame them for it, you know. But I guess so many classy Philadelphia sports fans, and Philadelphia is a great sports city. I don't care what anybody says. Philadelphia is a great sports city with a lot of great, great fans. And like we said before, it's those few that have to ruin it for the many, and uh, it's a shame. Good uh, friend of mine uh, from a number of years ago, uh, about 2008 or so, uh, she was a big, big, still is, big, big, big Mets fan. Yeah. she and I both went to a game. We sat next to each other. I'm rocking my Phil's jersey. She's rocking her Mets jersey. We never had any issue whatsoever. I think fans saw that the two of us were together, and they respected that. However, I will say uh, that was in late August. Uh, it was moving towards the playoff time. Uh, there was a, a rivalry going between the Mets and the Phil's. Well, we were fighting for first place, and actually the Mets were, were holding first place at that particular time in the NL East. I did see a lot of anti-Met behavior from the Phil's fans, but none expressed towards me and uh, that friend of mine. And like I said, I think that was because fans recognized that we were together. So uh, I'd be more than happy to escort you to Citizens Bank Park at some point. No, let's go, man. (laughs) Let's go. Nobody will will mess with you, trust me. Nah. Listen, I could take it. It's just the whole point of I want to go to enjoy it. You know, that's the thing. I want to go. I want to sit there and enjoy it. And there's been so many times where I would sit. I went to Yankee Stadium, Mike, you know, and they were playing the Blue Jays. And I went and I was rooting for the Blue Jays. I don't care. I'm not not a Yankee fan, you know. So I went and I did. And I was sitting there with a whole bunch of people, man. I was sitting there with some Blue Jays fans. I was sitting there with some Yankee fans. We were all having great conversations, talking about Joe Carter and, you know, all this great stuff in in, in Yankees history and stuff. And we all had a great time. Everybody shook hands, went back on the trains, and that was it, you know. And, you know, never to be seen again amongst each other, you know. That's what I like about sports, you know, when you can sit down with fans of other teams and get their opinions. Right. On the rivalry, on their team, on your team. And I think that's what's one of the best things about going to an arena or a stadium is the environment around that kind of setting. But when you got the people that have to, you know, constantly heckle, constantly ridicule, constantly throw stuff, it's 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 disgusting, man. Well, and I was going to say a, a little bit of good nature, good natured now, mind you, okay? I'm putting that in quotes. Uh, you know, a little bit of good natured trash talking. Uh, that's fine if it's in good with that either. You and I I have been known to engage in some of that right here on the air. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there is, but folks, it's good natured. It's not, it's not meant to be serious. I mean, we're just, even with with the throwing stuff, when Nate McLeod made that awesome going into the catch against the Blue Jays the other day, a Blue Jays fan had to throw a freaking beer at him. Why? Why? Seriously. There is just no freaking reason for it. And, I, and you know what? The fan is even more stupid because he paid $9 for that beer and then chucked that at a player for making a good point. Right, right. Pathetic. Pathetic. I, I just don't get it, Mike. I don't get the thinking of these people that – Well, and it crosses all lines. I put up a, uh, I put up a video the other day, uh, and, and that's what I'm saying. It crosses all lines. It, you know, there is no difference what sport you're talking about. Um uh, I put up a video the other day that was caught uh, uh, of a female fan. I mean, literally uh, punching and 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 going after a guy who threw a beer onto the racetrack. Okay, when Jimmy Johnson won last weekend, threw a beer at Johnson at his car. Yeah. 
and it, it, it came darn close to, to hitting Johnson's car. And uh, uh, she really, really took exception to it and told the guy off and was, uh, and, and, you know, I said good for her. Unbelievable. I mean, because that's just, that, that is crude and ignorant behavior. I'm sorry. Yeah, who was that one chick, the one that was uh, brought up on murder charges for killing her husband that was at that Miami Heat game where it was sticking her fingers and yelling at that player right in his face, man? Oh, damn. I don't remember that yeah, one. Yeah, I remember it was uh, during the uh, last round of the playoffs. Who did the Heat play before they played the Pacers? Oh, man. Uh, who did the Heat play before they played the Pacers? Yeah, I can't remember now. Yeah, I, I'm not... I'm not I'm, I'm trying to bring up the NBA playoff bracket, though, but I remember one of the players were walking out, and the lady was just, oh, sticking oh, her middle oh, fingers oh, up oh, in his oh, face. Oh, and, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, man. I, it, I I believe it was in the last round. It was a uh, – oh, yeah, Miami-Chicago. I think it was uh, Joachim Noah. She did it, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, even that, too, like, seriously? Come on, man. Show some class for yourself, you know? You can heckle a player, but you don't have to, you know, stoop down to that type of crap. Well, you know? we found out we found out about that lady there after the fact. She had no class. <laughs> well, there yeah. were a lot of there were a lot of insider reports on on that lady. Oh yeah, absolutely. But no, but we've seen other people do that. Oh yeah, you know. I don't know, Mike. It's a it's a shame, but uh, you know what? Our uh, thoughts and prayers are with uh, Matthew Fortis, and uh, hopefully he's uh, has a great recovery down there in Hagerstown, Maryland. And uh, I hope and, to see. And I hope that the two criminals uh, get properly charged. And spent some time in jail. Absolutely. Those uh, two pathetic scumbag losers, Greg Fleischman and Michael Bell. Uh, yeah. Hope your lives are ruined now, man. Mike, we love to talk about memorabilia. <laughs> we love to talk about autograph stuff, and we love to talk about the things that stupid people like to buy on the auction block. This, is, this one's not stupid. But this isn't stupid. That's okay. exactly where I was going. This is a piece of baseball history, Mike. Yep. A Jackie Robinson used baseball glove, believed to have been used uh, between 1955 and uh, 1956 for the World Series, mm-hmm. sold for $373 at the auction block. $373,000. Excuse me, $373,002. Right. That $2, don't forget that $2. Right, right. Um, it, they believe um, it went for about $17,000 less than the uh, Lou Gehrig. Uh, glove, right? Correct. I believe it was. Uh, it, went for, now, it went for about, uh, looks like I'm doing the math real quick, about $14,000 less mm-hmm. than the Lou Gehrig glove. However, the Lou Gehrig glove was auctioned off in 1999. So how much would that have gotten today? Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, we're talking, that's a difference, what, of 14 years? Yes. Um, $373,000. Now, my my point about this one was we've talked about, as you just pointed out, Jonathan, we've talked about memorabilia quite a bit on this program, numerous times. And we've talked about some of the most ridiculous, outrageous memorabilia that's been auctioned before. And we have seen some memorabilia from various sports that have gone for far more than this. Yes. And I was a bit surprised in some respects that this, and we're talking about, we're not talking about like, you know, a baseball card here, folks. We're talking about a game-used glove. I was a little bit surprised it went for as low as it did. Because we have seen some things go for much, much more than this. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, $373,000. I mean, to say it went for that low, it's pretty crazy. But at the same time, yeah, it did go for a low price. Yeah, I mean, I hate that. Right, you're absolutely right. To say that that's a low amount sounds a bit 
when you take into account, we're talking about Jackie Robinson's World Series game used glove. Mm-hmm. And it's going for when we have, like I said, we have heard about other things going for much, much more than that. And I'm trying to see here, who did it actually go to? Do they indicate or don't they? Um, No, they didn't say. No, they didn't say. I, I'd be curious. Because, you know, that's the kind of thing that you expect a museum to be getting involved in or something like that. And then being able to, to properly preserve it, put it on display, that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, uh, I, 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 I was a little bit shocked at the amount. Yeah, absolutely. There, we had a couple other uh, things on the auction block that day. We had a uh, bat, believed to have been Jackie Robinson's uh, final bat that he uh, swung in the 1956 season, sold for $114,000, and Mickey Mantle's 1960 contract with the New York Yankees was up for $60,000, but sold for $39,930. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm overinflating the value of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely out of line. Out of well, Considering, you know, what you see people bidding on, you know, Michael Jordan barbecue sauce and bloody socks and everything. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I much have, rather have Jackie Robinson's Glover bat in my, uh, you know, case of memorabilia than a uh, big tub of uh, Michael Jordan McDonald's barbecue sauce. But that's right. just me. So. Or, or, or a bloody sock, right. right. Yeah. You know, give me a Honus Wagner card any day, man. Or uh, what was I – what was I – there, there was a, a, a Ty Cobb, a Ty Cobb paycheck. Yes. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you know, and that's, you know, and that's a, you know, that's history right there. It is. You know, I wouldn't mind having that. Right. You know, I wouldn't mind having. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be paying uh, two hundred thousand dollars for it. Well, I you know, I think there has to be some type of, uh, you know, threshold for things like that of that nature. But you know, I'm sorry, but ten thousand dollars for that Michael Jordan barbecue sauce, still to this day. That's the most ludicrous one of all. Blows my mind, man. Blows. With a date, with a date stamp on it of when was it? Nineteen eighty something. Nineteen eighty nine, I believe it was something like that. Nineteen eighty eight, something like that. It was, it, it was out there. It was out there. So. Mm-mm, good. Uh, it's oh, summer's man. not cooking, coming, baby. Let's talk about this real quick, Mike. Uh, we got thirteen minutes left in the show, and then we're gonna get to a couple of dumbasses for today. Um, there is a man, Mike. He met Babe Ruth many, many years ago, about 93 years ago, when the, uh, when uh, Babe Ruth first came to the New York Yankees, he met him. And um, this weekend, he was at Yankee Stadium at 111 years old yep. to sit and shake hands and have a conversation with Derek Jeter, and his name is Bernardo LaPaolo, and boy, does this guy look great for his age. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm going to tell you, we, I could only hope, uh, but it won't happen. Uh <laughs> This is this is really cool. Mike, you look you know, we're talking about we're talking about memorabilia. <laughs> yeah. This guy is walking memorabilia right here. Absolutely. I mean, he got to meet and shake hands with Babe Ruth 93 years ago. Uh he's a lifelong uh Yankees fan. Yes. Uh, which I won't hold that against him. Uh, but it is just fantastic to see the video of he and Jeter chatting. It really is. Yep. Yep. He actually wrote a book at 107 years old, Mike, and he's planning to release it this August on his 112th birthday. And let me tell you, I'm going out and getting it. He, well, there, and there's no, there's no doubt this guy's going to make it to his birthday. Oh, absolutely. He looks phenomenal. This guy, this guy looks like he's in his 80s, maybe, maybe, maybe just early 90s. Oh, absolutely. But, but you know, we're talking almost 20 years more than that. 
Yeah. At 111, 112. Yeah. I mean, even like Joe said, from the one angle of the picture, he does. He looks like he could be in his 60s, this guy. Yeah. From this side, he looks like he could be in his 60s. I mean, I, I saw him speaking straight up to the camera, and he looks older than the 60s. But, you know, I mean, phenomenal. He's standing there. He's walking. He's waving his hand. He's having a great old time talking to yep. Derek Jeter. And uh, you know what? I got to, you know, applaud Derek Jeter for taking the time out to sit there and talk to this guy. And, uh, you know, you talk about classy people in, the, in, in, in all of these games, Mike, and Derek Jeter. And I'm not a Yankee fan. Um, Derek Jeter is definitely one of those classy guys. Oh, he is. There's no doubt about it. Um, and uh, you know, the other the other observation I'm just going to make real quick about uh, uh, about our buddy uh, DePalo here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching the video again as we're talking. Uh, no curve in his backbone. No wheelchair. No cane. Nothing. No. The guy looks very very fit. Terrific job. It's it's just amazing. It really is. I like it, Jim. Uh, Jim's in there saying that uh, he, the American League, yeah. he actually is because the American League, uh, the American League is 112 years old exactly. How about that? How amazing is that? That is so cool. Good job, Jim. That's what I'm saying. This guy is is walking memorabilia right there. Yep. Amazing, amazing, amazing stuff, man. Uh, God bless Fernando Lapalo, uh, Harlem resident, and a uh, New Yorker just like me, man. Awesome stuff, man. 112 years old, man. Uh, hope we get to say uh, happy birthday to you this August. Would be cool. Absolutely. Let's go through the MLB standings real, real quick, Mike, and then we'll get to a couple of our dumbasses for this Monday. Um, AL East, Boston Red Sox, two and a half games above the Baltimore Orioles with a record of 35-23, and 7-3 and three in their last 10, but the Orioles as well, 7-3 and three in their last 10. Orioles Yankees. Are, yeah, Orioles are hanging right with them there. Oh, oh yeah. Yankees, 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Tampa Bay, 7-3 and three in their last 10. So Tampa Bay is starting to come up now. Mm-hmm. In the AL Central, the Detroit Tigers, a half-game lead over the Cleveland Indians, 30-25 and 25 record, 4-6 and six in their last 10, but luckily for them, Cleveland, 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Going back and forth, back and forth between those two. Minnesota Twins looking real good, too, man, 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're only four and a half games back from Detroit. Uh, AL West, Texas Rangers with a two-game lead over the Oakland Athletics, but the Oakland Athletics, 9-1 and one in their last 10, Mike. They've been hot again recently. Love it. Love it. I love when teams like that play great, man. And at least Atlanta still with a pretty significant lead over the Washington Nationals, six and a half games. Atlanta heating up again, six and four in their last ten. Strasburg, went out, the, Strasburg went out the other night yes, uh, after only two innings pitched against uh, Atlanta. He threw 37 pitches. Uh, tightness in his arm again. I have a feeling, and I hate to say it, Mike, but Strasburg is going to eventually be one of those, what could he have done? Stories for the MLB. It's shame, but I don't know. But if you down, know, take a look at Washington. They're they're still a game under 500. Yes, they are. If you look down the NL East uh, in their last ten, Washington four and six, Philadelphia four and six, Mets five and five, Miami three and seven. So unless the Atlanta Braves start to really play like crap, Mike, this has to be their division. Oh, this is a you know everybody with the exception of Atlanta in this. This is the land of mediocrity. Yep, absolutely. NL Central, the one I like over here, St. Oh, Louis yeah. Cardinals with the lead 7-3 and three in their last 10. But Cincinnati and the Pittsburgh Pirates, both two and a half games back, 6-4 and four in their last 10. Pittsburgh's playing some great baseball, Mike. That Pittsburgh team, I, I said it pre-show, they are doing this under the radar, very, very quietly, just keeping pace, uh, playing some great ball. They looked terrific yesterday in those throwback uniforms out there. I loved it. Uh, and you saw that home run that I, I, I sent to you, right, Jonathan? Yes, I did. Out to the Allegheny River it, it went. It was that Garrett Jones, right? 
I, uh, I forget who it was. Yeah, it was Garrett Jones. Okay. Garrett Jones. Now in the NL West, Arizona Diamondbacks still lead out there with a record of 32-24. and 24. They have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Rockies and the Giants. Uh, Arizona 6-4 and four in their last 10. Let me tell you, Los Angeles Dodgers 23-32, and 4-6 and six in their last 10. They're eight-and-a-half games back, 11 games back in a wild card. Don Malley is going to go bye-bye real soon, I think. Well, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, and I'm not quite sure what they're waiting on. I don't think they know who to hire. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it, but I'll tell you. It, that was the rumor. That was the rumor a good ten days ago. Yep. And I'm just kind of surprised that it's still. Someone's got to give with the Dodgers. Someone's I mean, got to give with both the Dodgers and the Angels. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, this this is a Dodger team, and payroll loaded for God's sake. And uh, I don't I don't know. Something something's got to change. All right, let me ask you this, Mike. Ready for this? Good. Who goes first, Mike Sosha or Don Adley? Um, well, I think, you know, if we go with the rumors from 10 days ago, it seemed that it was going to be, uh, uh, the Dodgers were going to make the move first. Yeah, that's why. And I think I'd still, I think I'd still stick by that. Yeah. Um, same here. I, I, I just don't see them getting rid of Mike Sosha, especially what Mike Sosha has done for the Angels. Right. I don't see him getting rid of, I think they're just going to let him play out. Uh, at least this season, and uh, if they can't really do anything, I have a feeling that they're going to eventually get rid of him in the off season. So John I think Tom Alley's ready to go. John Leary over in our chat room writes, uh, "What if they switch managers? So they could. Well, suck. why not? <laughs> so they could still suck. Why not? Why not? I, I'd be a, that, well. You know, sometimes that's all it takes is just a, a change of scenery. Yeah, a change of scenery, man. You know, we've seen that a couple of times already. So let's go with a few dumbasses for our dumbass monday here mike um roy hebert fined seventy five thousand dollars for a gay slur and profanity he used in a news conference the other day gotta say yes he is a dumbass mike i've so conflicting reports about this i have heard people who feel very very strongly about the fact that he should be fined i've heard other people say the fine it's ludicrous and it's ridiculous and it's 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 blown out of proportion well, you know, listen, with everything going on, especially with Jason Collins coming out, I mean, you know, he did use a gay slur. I mean, you know, that's what it was. And sorry to say, but Roy Hibbert, with everything that's been going on, and right after that, he reached out to Jason Collins on Twitter asking him, hey, Jason, please follow me. I want to discuss some things with you. So he knew what he did. And uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, you should know better, man, you know. So that's me. That's a dumbass for today. Also, Mike. Philadelphia, yep. you're Deshaun Jackson. Is he a dumbass today? <laughs> For uh, dumping uh, Rosenhaus and going over to Jay-Z. Uh, well, you know, of course, that's not official yet. Um, no, it's not. There's been some report that uh, Rosenhaus is actually going to uh, – there, <laughs> Jackson's not heard the last of Rosenhaus. Let's put it that way. No. It's been, the, uh, it's been the rumor that uh, Rosenhaus is uh, – apparently uh, Jackson owes Rosenhaus the money yet. And uh, you can bet that Rosenhaus is going to make sure he gets it. Uh, but um, I don't know. Uh, you know, Jay-Z, Jonathan, we talked about it before. I guess he's the flavor of the week, right? Yeah. <laughs> to be. The guy, you know, it's funny. Everybody wants to go to Jay-Z as their agent. He's not even an agent. Yeah, exactly. He's an agency. <laughs> you know, I feel bad for the people that are actually going to be doing the work for these athletes. They're getting no recognition. Right. Um. Just well, I, don't know. I don't know if he's necessarily a. I, I don't know if I put him in the classification of dumbass or not. Well, if, listen, I mean, if he owes Rosenhaus that much money and he's already curbing him. Well, th- listen, the fact that, 
what does he expect Jay-Z to get for him? Because at this point right now, Jackson's under contract. I believe he's uh, scheduled to be making uh, close to $7 million this year. Yeah. Um, that increases to, I believe, it's just over $10 million next year. Um, uh, my question, why dump Rosenhaus and go to Jay-Z right now? You're, it's not like you're in a contract renewal issue. Yeah, absolutely. I don't get it. I like what Jim Williams says. Going from Rosenhaus to Jay-Z is like going from smelly poop to shiny poop. <laughs> oh, you get the bling, huh? Yeah. All right, man. I got to throw These are the biggest dumbasses of today, Mike, and that's the Maloofs. We're taking out a full-page newspaper ad to thank the Sacramento Kings fans and Sacramento Mayor Kevin Johnson for keeping the Kings in Sacramento. Oh, man, alive. I These did. were the guys that wanted I did said we won't it. sell to anybody else but this guy out in Seattle. I didn't see this. Yeah, uh, I just saw it, man. I'll send it over to you so you can have a gander because I know how much you love the Maloofs just as uh, much as you love Jeffrey Loria. That is a disgrace. Yeah. Um, Somebody needs to flood this newspaper with letters to the editor. That is a that is a disgrace. Yep. Oh, I'm just pulling it up now. Oh, I want. Oh, yeah, oh. you take a gander at that man. Maybe we'll talk about that next show. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I'm gonna have to post this someplace. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Well, we only got a couple minutes left in this show. Yep. Yep. Let's use this time to plug some things here for the coming week. Um. Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, is our open forum Wednesday where you, the listeners, have to call in and give us some questions and comments. And the phone number will be for Wednesday, 347-237-5373. We go live at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, Thursday at 12 p.m., we'll, excuse me, at 8 p.m., will be Sports Blogger Radio. Live. Their second episode and their first one was a good one, and man... A lot of people tuned in for that it sure one. It was. It was great. They did a wonderful job. Absolutely. Our guys, John Lear and Scott Blooney out there in Boston. So if you're a Boston fan or just a sports fan in total and you want to exactly. get your Boston Bruins, your Boston Celtics, your Boston Red Sox, your New England Patriots stuff, tune in on Thursday, 8 p.m. for Sports Blogger Radio. Some great Absolutely. stuff. Yep. Friday, Sports Trivia Friday, Mike. Yep. It's going to be the big one. New York Rangers versus Philadelphia Flyers right here on Fan Junkies Radio. I think Bovado Bovado's given a uh, uh, the, the early line on that is the Rangers. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, that's the early line on that one. Okay, what did I have? I had uh, I went four for six. Yeah, I went four for six. You went like that last Tuesday. Uh, excuse me, last Friday and the Friday before that, I went uh, two for six and you went one for six. So yeah, yeah I, the lead, Mike. Early line on that is two and a half pucks. Two and a half pucks. Two and a half pucks for the Rangers. Yeah. All right. Yep, yep. All right. Well, this is what's going to happen. I have to stump you with some Flyers stuff and you have to stump me with some Rangers. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work out, but here in the land of mediocrity, it might not be good. <laughs> That's why we need callers to call in with their own trivia questions. Absolutely. And then also on Saturday, Frat House, five minutes at the Frat House, 1 p.m. Frat House already. You got it. Right? Great stuff, man. Maybe I'll call in again. There you go. Good stuff. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in here on Monday. And, uh, you know, seriously, tune in for uh, our open forum uh, show on Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. And, Colin, come on, talk to us. Man. Ask us questions. Throw us some comments. You guys haven't called in in a while. We miss you. Yep. It's been a long, long time. So, for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. We'll see you all Wednesday for open forum Wednesday right here on Fan Junkies Radio. Enjoy your Monday. Have a good one.